0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Go ahead and tell them to call my phone. Welcome to Arizona Fit, the podcast that brings you all original, all organic Phoenix focused fitness content. What's up with the what's up? I am your host Ian Knight. And today we're gonna talk about how you can stay in shape by using dance and chairs. Before we get started, I want to thank all our listeners out there in the valley. We just keep on growing and we keep on bringing exceptional guests because of your devout listenership. Be sure to share the show with your fitness fam right now and subscribe. Go ahead and hit that little button right now so you can stay in the know with all your local fitness events. Today, I get to sit down with Alexis Perkins, the founder of Chair One Fitness. We cover dance fitness, special populations, Serbia, and how you can become an accredited instructor. Roll it. Alexis, go ahead and introduce yourself out to all our listeners out there. Give them a little bit about your background story uh, before we jump into the full-on interview today.
1: Oh, Kidoki. Okay, okay. well, I'm Alexis Perkins, and uh, I'm the founder and creative director of Tier One Fitness, but prior to Tier One Fitness, I've also been in the fitness industry for about 10 years, started off with Zumba Fitness back in 2009, Got to travel all over the world with that, had a great time, and um and then went on to own my own fitness studio. Also, had a fitness television show, which eventually all led up to what I do now, which is working with special populations, which are seniors, including those with developmental disabilities and more.
0: All right. So, you mentioned just a minute ago that um, earlier in the days you started teaching Zumba. Can you kind of tell our listeners how you got started teaching Zumba initially?
1: Oh, yeah. It was awesome. So, uh, my mom actually used to teach. High low impact, way back in the day, like leg warmers on. leotard over your biker shorts, <laughs>
0: Jane Fonda and, days.
1: Um, yeah, that was my mom, and she was great. So I was just like a kid in the room, and I thought one day I'm gonna do that. And then I like used to teach to my stuffed animals in my bedroom. But um <laughs> as an adult, though, I uh, I had my son, and he was two, and so I started going to the YMCA, and I saw these ladies shaking their bums in a. In a classroom, and I thought I'm gonna try that one day. And then um, I went and I looked at it on the calendar, and it says Zumba. I was like, What's Zumba? And um, so I ended up checking out the class, started it was Zumba, and less than a year later, I became um, an instructor. And it was it was phenomenal. It changed the whole game. It was like, as a as a person who just lived in Hampton Roads, Virginia, it's amazing what group exercise can do. It gave me a whole new circle of friends. It gave me something to do. It gave me another stream of income. It was awesome. And then um, from there, I, you know, do choreography on my YouTube channel, which is what led to me being able to teach um, overseas, which was great. People saw the choreography and I I thought it was a a dream when they first said, hey, will you come teach in in France? And I was like, "This this is not true until I said yes. And then the next thing you know, I see a flyer in all French and I'm like, oh my God, I'm really going. Um. So yeah, so started off Zumba locally and then um, went on to teach overseas in like France, Italy, Serbia, Tokyo, Switzerland, Sweden, all those good places. And um, it was literally a, a wonderful journey. I enjoyed every part of it. So, so
0: let me ask you, what was the what was the favorite what was your favorite country that you visited?
1: Um, ironically I'd have to say Serbia. Um, but Really for weird, for weird reasons. It was um when I went and it took me a while to catch on um I I got there and everything was fine and then I noticed that I got a lot of attention but I didn't understand why and then I looked around me and realized I was the only black person there <laughs> and but it was crazy it wasn't in a bad way it was in a completely praised kind of way right um they were just uh astonished by it and they were like oh my god you're you're black like your skin is brown and I'm like yeah and they had all these preconceived notions about the United States. So after I taught the class and the people would come and talk to me, this guy was like, you, you are from the U.S. And I'm like, yeah, i from the United States. He was like, oh, I love U.S. I went to U.S. basketball one month. I'm like, yeah. He was like, I love Tupac. I love rap music from the city of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but to laugh. I was like... Wow, you really—he was. Like, I want to go to Compton one day.
0: No, you I'm don't.
1: Like, I'm like, dude, and so, but it was just really cool. And then, um, they just gave you like a lot of praise. And being, you know, black in America, it can be a little bit different sometimes, depending on where you are. So to go to a different country and to receive so much praise because of it, right? Um, that was really nice they just all loved on me and I loved on them and it was just a really great um, experience you know
0: yeah so so you went overseas did your thing um, mm-hmm. you, you come back stateside obviously um, before we get into that how old were you when you initially went overseas to teach
1: uh good question uh, let's see here Ooh, calculus in my brain I was probably like what, are, probably 30 30
0: 29
1: yeah something like
0: that all right so so, um, so still pretty young, um, ambitious, seeing things out there. Then you come back here stateside, um, and you start getting more involved with assisted living teaching. Um, how did that transpire?
1: Yeah, so um, the first time I went overseas, the very, very first time, I believe, was in 2011. And then when I, I was still working, you know, that 9 to 5. Um, a lot of fitness instructors are still working the 9 to 5. Um, but when I was on my way home for my first trip over there, which is when I went to France and Italy, I really pray hard. I was like, God, you know, you've allowed me to see another part of the world while doing what I love. How can I do this full time? How could I experience this more frequently? And then when I got back to the United States, um, I had ironically gotten laid off. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm going to try to do this full time. And um, so then I started teaching more classes. But of course, those who work in the group fitness world, you know, you don't make a lot of money doing it. So then I got an offer to teach at an assisted living facility. Very random offer like, hey, I see you teach people like employees when they get off work and you teach at the biggest gym in your area When well, my fitness can, have you ever taught seniors? And I was like, well, I mean, I've, I've taught seniors, but I can, I can try. And they said, well, have you taught people seated in a chair? I was like, no, but I can try. Have you taught people who have limited mobility? And I was like, I'll try. So what happened is I literally called my, my grandma <laughs> And I said, Grandma, what kind of music would you want to listen to? And um, she told me, and then I called my dad and my mom, and I said, what do you think would be good music? And then I created a whole playlist, and um, and then I went and started teaching at an assisted living facility. I was more nervous doing that on the first day than what I was teaching active adults. Um, but it turned out to be great. So I started off teaching one class, and then that facility opened up a new facility and asked me to go teach there so I went to two classes and then I applied for a different class in a different city and I got that and then um, and then one of the activities professionals went from one facility to a different company and they said can you come over here and the next thing you know I'm teaching 10 10 chair fitness classes uh, a week but the cool thing about it is that chair classes fall into a sweet spot it's the dead spot for group exercise instructors and personal trainers. Because um, with fitness, you know, prime time at a gym is your, you know, before 6 a.m., before mm-hmm. people go to work, okay, after 5 p.m., when they get off work. So that 6 to 5 is usually a slower time at the gym. You might have a lunch rush at noon, but it's still not as big as the rush that you get at 5 p.m.
0: Yep, because so, the only people in those gyms are those who are retired.
1: Yes, So for me to make a living as a fitness instructor, I didn't teach in the mornings because I'm asleep, (laughs) and I also had my son to get ready for school. But from nine to noon, I would teach two to three chair classes a day at either assisted living, independent living, um, or adult daycares. And then I would teach there from like nine to noon, and then sometimes I'd have a class between one and three, which is after their lunchtime, right? And then I would get my son home and be able to do all of his homework and things like that. And then I would teach my primetime class, like my 630 or my 730 class. Um, So it was really nice that the chair exercise classes took off because that's actually what allowed me to make a living while also being a mom and doing what I love.
0: And trust me, I I hear you 100% on the teaching the special populations. Uh, the first chair yoga class that I ever taught, I I think I was sweating more than the actual <laughs> participants in class because I didn't want to hurt anyone. And I yeah. actually had to learn that these people can be pushed more than when I was doing. So it took me a few rounds to get it. Um, so, yeah, believe me, kudos for you because that is the most nerve-wracking uh, population to teach for.
1: It really is. And, um, you know, after teaching my chair-based classes for about – eight years is when i finally decided to develop the program um but i took everything that i had to learn in those eight years like everything that like kind of caught me off guard right um like when you go from a fitness world and then you go into teaching seniors um for me it was like okay is this person asleep are they Mm nocoleptic is it their medicine what's going on this person over here okay can i touch them on their shoulder do they have arthritis? Do they have lupus in their, in their shoulder or sore today? Or are they good to go? Or if somebody is like, okay, they have an amputation. How can I manipulate the choreo to where they could participate with us while not feeling disabled?
0: A hundred percent. I mean, it's a fine line and it takes a lot of experience to get there.
1: Yes. And so I, I was very thankful that everything that I learned, I started taking some extra courses as well. So once I got into it, I you know took some like what is it called Golden Heart senior education, things like that in order to develop my skill set, and I would always talk to the rec therapist there and learn all of this. So when it came down to the development of chair One Fitness, my main goal was to prepare the instructors for what they were going to encounter. so uh,
0: so yeah. as I understand it, um I think the initial light bulb that went off for you with chair One Fitness was. That your YouTube channel was fairly successful. Um, You had about 40 episodes that were uploaded, but you noticed two episodes really stood out.
1: Yeah, so those episodes are actually on what they call NNPS TV. It was on the local channel here, but, you know, the local access, that local fitness person, (laughs) that was me. So um, they recorded the episodes, they produced them, and I was the co-producer and lead instructor um and then but my email was attached to everything so if somebody had a question they could email me or reach out and yeah so taping for five years 40 episodes 38 was for our active standing dance fitness people and then we decided to do two that were from a chair because i had been teaching at the assisted living facilities and um i saw that i was getting so many emails from the um from the chair fitness videos. And then one day I I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe I'll do a a DVD series. Maybe I'll do something for them because clearly there's a need, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And I originally thought, let me do a DVD. But of course there's all these different, you know, yellow tapes, caution lines of what can you do, what music license can you have, so on and so forth. And then after it didn't seem like that was the path I was going to take, I thought about it and I thought what if I just created a format to cater to these different people because it wasn't just seniors if you would have asked me years ago or even when I was trying to develop the concept it would have been okay this is a chair-based exercise program for the golden girls yeah old people no (laughs) it was not only seniors but I was getting emails from somebody who had cerebral palsy and was in a wheelchair somebody who had a temporary uh, injury a torn ACL and just wanted to dance somebody who was uh, obese and it was really nice when they messaged me because if you can imagine being obese you don't always feel comfortable in a gym and you don't know how to get started but by them watching it they were able to get started at home and to do something where their knees didn't have to bear all the weight And so that's when I realized this is for so many more people than what I thought. And I like learning. I like it when I'm wrong. I like it when I can get mind blown. And when I read all those messages from all these different people, I thought, well, what's out there for them?
0: So you found a way to make modifications for everyone in a way that no one else was doing at that time on that, on that scale.
1: Yes, And, uh, uh-huh. And, I, and I respect all the different companies that offer similar services. Like I know you said you teach chair yoga and things like that. Every company is a little bit unique. I'm not going to lie the mine is my favorite, but <laughs> I really like the other ones too, because they're all needed together. Like for example, if you go to a gym, you can take a yoga class, a body pump class, a Zumba class, a spin class, right? And um, but if you are an active participant, you won't get fit taking just one. you know, you need a combination of your cardio, your strength training, um, your stretching and mobility. It's a combination. So when I came onto the scene, I didn't really see what people would see as our competitors as competitors. I saw it as we are doing something uniquely different from what they do. And that's why I still show them so much respect.
0: I love it. So uh, let's tell the uh, let's tell our listeners a little bit about the chair one um, accreditation process, because it's actually pretty unique, because a lot of our um, high level fitness enthusiasts out there, um, even I'm still on this level, it takes a lot to get your program accredited to where you can actually Mm -hmm. get continuing education units from NASM or, well, I'll let Alexis tell you all that. um, (laughs) These (laughs) these classes are good for, but uh, I don't want to butcher it for her.
1: No, okay, so I love our accreditation process because I was not going to launch the program without at least one accreditation. And it can be pretty intimidating to submit to these big companies, right? You think to yourself, who am I, okay? So I wrote the manual, and then like I submitted it to my circle of educated friends, which is one of my friends who specialized in curriculum one of them who was a doctor of physical therapy, one who was an administrator and had her master's in it. And I said, let me submit this to my friends who are more educated than me, or differently educated than me in their perspective fields. So they sent me their small revisions, and I said, okay, I'm gonna submit, and then I'm gonna get rejected. I was prepared to be rejected. And the idea was to get rejected, and then ask them why, perfect it, and then resubmit. And ironically enough, um, the first one that I submitted to was AFA and NASM, um, which is the uh, American uh, Fitness Association for America. I'm probably saying it wrong. Forgive me. And NASM, the National Association for Sports Medicine. And they accepted it without any kickback, no nothing, which was great because it also gave me confidence in in what I had written, okay? Um, You may think that you're good, but you don't know that you're good until you get that seal of approval. Um, So I said, okay, great. So, what happened is that I went to one of my senior homes and I said, Hey, we have a training coming up. Are you going to take the training? And she was like, Oh, will I get credits for NCAP? I said, What is NCAP? I've never heard of Mm -hmm. this. And what is it, the NAACP? Like, what is this? And she was like, No, it's NCCAP. I was like, NCAP? There are so
0: (laughs) many governing bodies out there right now. It's crazy.
1: But this one was cool. For those in the fitness world who don't know, Activities professionals are the people who work at senior homes, who make sure that the people they're taking care of, i.e. your grandma probably, um, that they have their day-to-day regimen. They are the busiest people I know. They are the ones who run the bingo game, make sure their nails are done make sure the hair appointment is done make sure they have arts and crafts that the popcorn is popped in the morning that they have the word search that they have the daily chronicles that they have the newspaper activities professionals are on it okay and so NCAP is the National Certification Council for activities professionals so this is what that meant we were the first company to bridge the gap between fitness and activities professionals no other Organization has all three. So, what happened next is I was doing a training and somebody said to me, Hey, why don't you try to get the NCTRC? I said, What in the devil of alphabets is this now? And they said, It's the National Certification Council for Recreational Therapists for recreational certifications. I'm like, Okay, I'll look it up. I looked it up and that is for all of your rec therapists okay? And rec therapy, is wow, that is a beautiful profession. And I thought, well, we are a part of that. We do incorporate everything they're saying into our training. So maybe I'll submit. I took our manual. I submitted it to the NCTRC and they approved it, which means that now we became the first company to bridge the gap between fitness, sports medicine, personal training, activities professionals, and recreational therapist. we also just got our accreditation with the dementia practitioners and we currently have our music therapy license pending so
0: and this is was- why i'm always on um high so-called high level fitness professionals or people who are looked at in the public as you know the guy or the girl in fitness you need to ask these questions of what are you certified in and what does it really mean? And really how far does that go? What, how's it really testing your knowledge? And so when you're getting accreditations like this that are really being, you know, transferred to therapists and people among that nature, you know, it's real.
1: Yeah. And it, it was exciting for me as well. Um, and I'll say as being a young, I'm not so young now, but I'm younger than my students who are like 102. So Oh, my goodness.
0: I have so many (laughs) questions to ask you here in a minute, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) But to be like, I'll say under the age of under the age of 50, which 50 is still young. We just saw the Super Bowl. So 50 is still young. But to be under the age of uh, 50 and also to be a black female and running a company, I really wanted to make sure that everything was right. Because when we go into these trainings, I'm oftentimes teaching people who are older than me and also more experienced than me years-wise. So it was very important for me to make sure that the information was correct. It was very important for me to show them, okay, so you're a great recreational therapist. Let me show you how to be an instructor. For the instructors, I'm like, okay, so you already have a background in fitness. Let me show you how to cater to these special populations let me show. Let me teach you how to understand the different conditions and ailments you may have to face in a classroom. And so that was the cool part for me.
0: Yep, and that actually rolls right into our next topic. So um, if you didn't look in the show notes um, as of yet, there is actually a chair one instructor training coming down here to Phoenix relatively soon. So if you're interested, make sure you click that link, go ahead and get registered. It is definitely gonna be worth your time. And I believe the instructor if, um, set set for our area is Donna. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Donna, I love Donna
0: Yeah, big shout out to Donna Donna will definitely be there to take care of all of your needs
1: Yeah, Donna is a phenomenal um, She's a phenomenal trainer She's a phenomenal instructor And I really enjoy her also Because she has a background in dance fitness As well And she has a passion for education Because with the Chair One Fitness Certification It is fun But we do have a lot Of information as well and so, um, but at that training, when Donna's there, she's one of the coolest people anybody could ever meet. And she's also a trainer for Commit Dance Fitness, which is another dance fitness uh, format that is also great. So she gets all the love and all the praise.
0: All right, Donna, you are well loved. So <laughs> th- now now you said you have some, some participants who are over 100. And mm-hmm. if you're an avid listener of this show, you've heard me over the last five episodes constantly bring up the fact that we are living to be older now. The average age of death, I I promise you, it is going to be over 100 for us. And so why would you wanna spend the last 20, 30 years of your life bound to a chair, unable to move, not being able to enjoy the quality of life you want when you can get up and get out and move? And so I'm so happy to actually have Alexis on to tell us um, about, you know, what it's like to be in those type of places where everyone around you is older and you can actually see the ones who've taken care of themselves over the span of their lives versus the ones who haven't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, Because I have to tell people your age is not determined by the number, but by your physical status. Because I had one of my students who's in my independent living class, meaning that she's active, she can walk, can't see worth a lick, but physically she's great. Uh, She's 96 years old, but I have another person who's like 88, but they're in assisted living because they have uh, dementia. So the number is not really the factor. It's what you've done with your body over the years. But, ironically, I love that you talked about aging populations because I learned a new word yesterday. What is (laughs) it? So excited. (laughs) So, all right. Remember when I used to talk about the baby boomers? Yeah. It was that time frame where the population increased because everybody and their mama was having babies. But what's about to happen? What's about to happen is that baby boomers are now all about to hit the age 65, okay? And because we're living longer, now we have we're going to have a huge senior population because the baby boomers have now reached that point. Okay, so they're about to be the largest population in the world. And you know what they call it? So the baby boomers are now called the silver tsunami. (laughs) It's true. You can Google it.
0: No, I I believe you. It's just such a, it's just a a colorful way to play on words.
1: (laughs) It is. So it's called the silver tsunami, but even more so than us aging, like for those who are under 50, taking us out of it. This is what it has created an opportunity an opportunity. When I think about myself and my longevity, I taught high-impact dance fitness for 10 years. In that time, I have developed bursitis, tendonitis, a lumbar strain, and some days I had to get a substitute because my body said no. On those same days that my ankle went out, I could walk into the senior home with my boot on, I would take my boot off, put on a sneaker, and teach my class teaching seniors, giving options to seniors is where we can add another stream of revenue to what we already do. And to me, that's perfect because it allows us to stay in our field. It also allows us to be a blessing to other people. And it also allows us to take care of our families by earning another stream of income. So the silver tsunami is is great because look at how many people I get to take care of. That's what I think about. I was like, how many people do I get to take care of? And now with uh, Chair One Fitness, now that we're training up all these people to be prepared, how many people are we going to be able to take care of? It's going to be great. I'm hype about it. I love the fact that we can now offer a service that is fun and functional. You know, Um, So I get really excited about my my seniors. Everybody has their people because even with Chair One, we also cover children and things like that but I am super passionate about the aging population and being the the fastest growing population. I'm really excited that we can offer a service to them.
0: And I just want to throw in there. They, they are often the most neglected population as well. Um, I've been guilty of this growing up. Um, It's just, I think it's something as you get older, you really do appreciate even your grandparents or the people who helped you along in life. And so, you know, seeing some, some put back in the fitness community for them. I love to see it. And um, Alexis, I want to thank you personally. I think this has been the easiest hosting episode I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> I've hardly had to do a thing. Your energy is just infectious and you make me just want to get up out of this chair and, and, and actually register for a class. Um, I do actually want to say this. Uh, the fitness professional is out there. Uh, she is, she's hitting it right on the nail. This is an excellent stream of revenue for the future. Um, you may not like to hear this, but we are going, we are going to get older. We are going to get older. Some of you that I've met personally in the Phoenix community already have injuries of people who are 50 and you're yeah. my age. So keep that in mind. Um, so you've already talked a lot about the future goals of chair one. Are there any specific goals um, or any specific milestones that you foresee in the near future?
1: Milestones. Um, well, right now we're in 18 different states. Our next milestone is to just be in every single state across the continental U.S. and, We should be able to hit that goal by the end of this year. Um, It's just important to me that I want to be able to say that we can serve people in all these different places. It really burns my bridges when somebody calls me from a state and they're like, hey, I want my grandma to take a class like this. Are you here? And I'm like, ah, not yet. And that's the part that I, I hate. So therefore, the goal is to get us across the continental U.S. and we've already had invites to go to. Um, Australia, um, Indonesia, and the UK. So the first goal is the United States. And then um, as we expand, we will like to get over there because a lot of other countries, especially Australia and Europe, have a huge aging population as well. And Australia is one of the countries that takes the best care of their seniors. And so eventually we'll get there, but first step is the United States.
0: I love it. And if you actually need an extra hand on the media side of things, cough me. Um, I'm definitely going to be here for that. Uh. <laughs> well, I want to
1: formally invite you to the training right there in your area. Okay? So if you want to come, just let me know. And uh, and also, this just came, came to me, by the way. I didn't pre-think this at all. But if you have any listener who would like to uh, attend, I would like to go ahead and give you a complimentary code. If somebody's like, hey, I want to take it. How can I get in? I'll go ahead and give that to you if you have a listener who would like to come.
0: Oh, great! Shoot it on over. We'll put it down in the show notes. You can speak it right now if you want, or if you haven't created it yet. But yep, I like I said, everyone. It
1: yet. I just thought about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: like I said, everyone. Hey, there's a reason why those show notes are important. Go ahead and click those links. We make it so easy for you. Um, so, unfortunately, our time has come to an end, Alexis. But before I let you go, I like to ask everyone here. How do you feel about the state of our industry right now? Because when it comes to fitness, we run into people every day who who always like to say, I don't look like this, I can't be in shape, or it's too late for me, or I don't look like that bodybuilder. How do you feel about the state of industry right now?
1: I mean, with the state of the fitness industry, we have so many different parts because you have the bodybuilding, you have the strength training, and you also have the different things like yoga or dance fitness. So we have a lot of different people. Um, In general, I really think that, once again, shout out to J.Lo, seeing somebody like her make 50 look like 25, I think that it's a reality check for a lot of people, like, hold up, what am I doing with myself, right? Um, Unfortunately, we're also in the United States where we are the most obese nation, so it makes it challenging. It makes it very challenging for fitness and lifestyle to come together, right? because our food is really bad fortunately
0: and we sit Um, at a desk all day
1: yeah and then uh so it's really challenging but because of the obesity epidemic because of our lack of information about the food that we're consuming because of our robotic lifestyle of wake up work hours take care of the kids make sure to do the laundry i think that it makes fitness professionals a very important component. Into keeping us healthy and to making sure to always give out that knowledge give out that information so to anybody who's in the field I would honestly say no matter what style you're in be a personal trainer group fitness instructor be it high impact or yoga whatever it may be I would say if everybody could take a moment to give back a little bit a little bit meaning that if you don't have time to go give or donate a class that's fine we're all busy But if you can create like a little video, like, hey, this is a quick workout you can do at home. For those who are just on your page, it might be like an aha moment, you know, like, oh, I can do that. Give people little nuggets. And for those who are really fit, don't always post you doing your most high impact aerobics. Give something to the little guy who's just starting out. Be like, hey, here's a level one for you beginners out there. Give them something to start because we have the knowledge. Let's give a little bit of it back.
0: Alexis, it's been great talking to you today. I'm sure our listeners out there love it. Everyone, we have that registration down in the show notes for you. We're actually going to go ahead, we're actually going to go ahead and get that uh, promotion code right now. We'll put it down there for you as well. Alexis, thank you for your time and all the uh, blessings in the world.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: It all goes down April 4th, 2020 at Ability360 Sports and Fitness Center. We'll see you there. Be sure to share and subscribe to the show so you never miss out on all original, all organic, Phoenix-focused fitness content. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about any of the content, go ahead and give me a quick nod via IG or Facebook and I'll comment back. Thank you, everyone. Keep sharing those positive vibes and stay cool, Phoenix.